All right, hello, and welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. I'm your co-host, Dane Tony, here with Joshua Rempel. And today we are going to be talking about some common nutrition myths. So if you are subscribed to our uh, weekly fuel, the kind of newsletter slash, I don't know, email that we send out, send out on various topics. Um, if the, you're not already signed up, you should sign up. You can do so on our website at the bottom. There's like a subscribe now. and We are sending emails every Monday with... Hopefully uh, some quality information <laughs> or at least quality opinions. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones we just sent was on kind of some common nutrition myths. So we just figured we'd talk about those myths and maybe add a couple things here and there as we uh, come across it. Yeah. We're ba- this is basically an expansion off that, um, w- like way more detailed-ish. Right, be careful with the word way, but a little bit more detailed, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're like me and don't read, but listen, here yeah, you go. exactly. So one of the things we were talking about, the first myth we had was uh, just because it's organic, it's healthy. Now, there's probably or healthier than non-organic. So the myth is just because it's organic means it's healthy. Right. Or healthier than regular food. The non-organic food. And there's probably some truth to that. Um, the One of the things that was in there, I don't think I got linked in the article, but there, if you Google Dirty Dozen and Clean 15, um, it's a great resource for kind of seeing if, if you have the... If you can buy organic, there is some foods that you're better off buying organic and then some that are literally a waste of money. And this would be from fresh grown produce. This isn't like box foods, which we'll get to in a minute. But so there is some places that's better off spending your money if you can on the organic side because of what they get used to grow, right? There's just a lot of things that get sprayed on them and stuff like that. So that's a good reference for kind of figuring out what's maybe more worthwhile to spend your money on to buy organic and then what you just buy non-organic um, because there's no real reason to waste money on the organic stuff. So again, Dirty Dozen, Clean 15. Um, you Check can just find that online. Yeah. So from produce side or growing side, yeah, there's probably some possibility to or some advantageous areas to like do the organic stuff. But on the flip side, I feel like it, it's so easy to get caught up in the minutiae of it that you're better off eating whole foods no matter what. Like yeah. even if you can't do organic or maybe your store doesn't have it available, you're always better off buying whole foods, which by whole foods, I mean something that's grown, uh, used to breed. Harvested. <laughs> harvested, right? Picked from a tree, stuff like that versus stuff out of a package or a box right um because even though those boxes or packages say organic it's still heavily processed yeah depending on stuff but basically yeah yeah like it's most of the time i just heard this and this was hilarious but if if you'll notice how boxes have to tell you how healthy it is like that's what a box is it's advertisement for how healthy the food is when you look at broccoli, there's no advertisement for how healthy broccoli is. Everybody knows broccoli is healthy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the whole produce aisle, there's not a description of how nutritious the apple is right under the apple. But go walk down the middle of the aisles in the store. 
and all you're getting bombarded with is how nutritious this boxed thing of organic uh, Annie's mac and cheese is. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not, and they're trying to advertise to you how healthy it is. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. That is funny. So don't get sucked in. Okay, so here's a question for you. Organic meat. This this could be a whole new. I don't. I I'm not an expert on this by any stretch. I've heard the argument, and I can never repeat it correctly. Um, I do like Rob Wolf would be somebody I would use as a reference for the debate on whether, like, grass fed, you know, is better than your conventional thing. I think there's a huge case to make for factory farming and how horrific it is for animals, and the conditions that they are grown in, right and um, so from that aspect, it can be pretty horrendous. From a nutritional aspect, uh, I've actually there's not you know even you can get grass fed like it could be labeled grass fed beef and they've spent eighty percent of their life on corn and whatever else mm-hmm. growing up and then get finished with grass right yeah. for the last like year of their life. So and then you literally just paid t- eight extra dollars. For that, yeah, for there's a. Again, it, that's one of those things you could spend. I mean, people do, right? They yeah. dedicate their whole lives to figuring that out. I think it, if you can, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Like, we kind of do half and half. It, yeah. I, I would say, like, the one thing I feel like I have heard, like, you're, this is a, a memory in my brain, so it's not, not accurate probably, but um, I heard that, like, poultry, like chicken and turkey, you want to try and buy um, organic and then... Uh, red meat is less of a concern less of a concern yeah yep and i would go back to the like the tyson chicken versus like the smart chicken right (laughs) the packaging got me there (laughs) well and i would go back to the thing though like eating real meat is better than boxed beyond meat (laughs) but it's holy shit have you read the ingredient list on those things no oh my god so bad i should look uh there's also a massive there can be a big ethical and moral argument to be made for eating meat or not eating meat all those things totally understandable um everybody you know do your own diligent research make your own decisions but eating we're moving into the next myth without it i know basically um it's a it's a big argument or a discussion to be had i think the factory farming stuff needs to be addressed. I do think that's one of those things that we're going to look back at. Hopefully if everybody's still here in the world in like 50 years and um, it's going to look pretty bad. It's kind of a stain on humanity, I think. But so I, but on the flip side, meat is one of the most nutritious foods out there. So leading into myth number two, plant food is more nutritious than animal food incorrect now (laughs) there again you you can have the ethical moral arguments that's you know valid completely valid and everybody needs to come up with their own feelings on this stuff again the fact farming thing um but from just nutritional aspects it's uh there's been a lot of bad studies that are used still in reference there's been a lot of course uh money involved in leading uh, misleading the general population are um standard like food pyramids a joke um so 
it's becoming more and more apparent, but you know, we've been misguided since like, I think it was the eighties when that thing came out or whatever. Um, big sugar is a massive and yeah, it's big sugar. It's a massive part of that. Sounds like big pharma. I know. Goodness. <laughs> but it point. is, I mean, you <laughs> can, you can look at the trends and, um, we've had some really bad, big, big, bad decisions that have led to a lot of, uh, issues and where we are currently. And so it's, um, the, the idea that a prehistoric food is a root cause of modern disease is an amazing thing to think about because mm-hmm. the, a lot of the old bad epidemiological studies that are constantly cited basically make the claim that uh, the standard American diet causes heart disease, but the standard American diet that they're using is more based off fast food. So all those studies didn't take into account like quality lean protein. They took into account more like a super fatty food full of shit and then on top of that loaded with sugars and carbohydrates and and just junk food so if you take out the sugar and the well if you take out the quality behind it like right so if you if you i mean basically the study i mean that you're referring to was a study that studies basically everything that a handful of them were compared eating well like red meat you know you could say um and in these studies, they were also eating other crap, red meat, pro- like and processed food. Shit ton of processed food versus and sugar. Maybe less processed food. I don't know. I don't actually read the studies, but I'm just regurgitating <laughs> people that have read them and talked about them. Yeah, um, it's just that you know you listen to these people make these claims, and it's they're they're taken in a vacuum setting essentially, right? So it's really hard to do these studies to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes, and it takes a long time. And so it's not, it's just not easy to do. And then the things that are cited though, have been based off of these that are fairly corrupt and biased to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. And then people cherry pick the data to point in whatever direction they want to support their argument. And here we are. So anyways, the point is, is that plant food is a more nutritious option than animal food we disagree with um i know a lot of people that thrive off of a plant-based or without animal food diet um but they're also very mindful of how they get their protein and i mean they they pay attention to that and it works for them so you know i think whatever you choose (laughs) quality of food but that to to not demonize animal food well the other part of that that's easy to point to is if you look at elite performers in the world and i mean the elite of the elite nobody's on a vegan diet i'm sorry i would i wouldn't say that 100 percent. um game changers the movie or show the spoof thing on netflix that was out there basically pulled the top performers from i mean everybody they could find who follows a i'm sure they exist I'm I'm not saying they're not elite. I'm saying elite of the elite. Like if you take the top performers in the world in any given field, they're most are consuming. The majority of them are consuming. Mostly more than majority. There are probably outliers. Sure. I'm sure there are. You just don't follow them or something. (sighs) Nobody. I don't. You don't. You don't believe, Josh. Look. Yeah, that's true. Um. Anyways. But the game changers, they would have pulled them out for the movie, and they weren't even in the movie. So that's what I'm getting at. 
we all know where I stand on this. <laughs> Let me point make my point. What's that? Because it's a little more balanced approach. Oh, I love veggies. I'm all for them. I know. I just think I'm they just, need to I'm be next to. I'm just making my point is that if you are gonna go without animal protein, that you have a strategic um, method to which you do get enough protein. I don't think you need, you know, crazy amounts, but that you are getting it, especially if you are active, because protein is the building blocks of which you need to uh, build muscle tissues and to yeah. help recover. Yeah. Um, that's that's a good point you need to supplement wisely yeah or just you know you can do it and you know if you're looking for help there (laughs) maybe not maybe not ask josh (laughs) but um you know there's a lot of resources out there on the internet good luck (laughs) whole foods yeah eating whole foods so if you want to go full vegan veggie it's just eat whole foods again but that's really hard to do yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on for a from a very uh, what would you say controversial, inflammatory. Yeah, inflammatory tar- topic. Moving on. It's something else that sugars cause. But okay. So myth number three: the low calorie, low fat, low carb, like boom, in your face is healthy. And maybe not all at once, but at least, you yeah, know, like we've gone through of, phases of this over the last 40 years, right? Yeah. I mean, for a while, it was... Low fat. Low fat. Well, and low now, fat, low calorie. Right. But now it's low carb. Now it's, it's all no low carbs. carb. Yep. Um, carbs and fats are both vital to living a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you it's can the actually... the source of which you are consuming them from. Well, the source and the amount, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you just think of carbs and fat as energy, which they are, if you take in too much energy, so if you eat or consume more energy than you expel through living and your daily things that you need to, you know, that your body, the process that your body needs to survive and your exercise, then you're going to start to store excess energy on your body in the form of fat tissue. I feel like we haven't heard this from you ever before. I, well, it's, it's... For those of you that listen to the podcast, like, Josh is on his broken record again. No, I don't feel like people <laughs> hear it enough because that's what it is. Like, so, yes, there's things that can be off in individuals. My and hormones, I would, Josh. Exactly. I would feel like... My, that, I'm, I'm, what, I'm suffering from adrenal fatigue. Right. And so, yes, there can be outliers. And I, I think for the most part, those are outlying cases. More often than not, there's an energy uh, imbalance. So you're, you're consuming more than you're putting out. And it's easy to do. I mean, you st- especially when you do start going down the more processed food route, because it's not like, it's not like processing food is inherently bad, right? There's nothing that's evil about processing food. But what happens when you do processed food is things are removed and things are put in. Usually the things that are removed are the things that are less palatable but healthy, like dietary fiber and stuff like that. And things that are put in are things that make it more um, flavorful. Flavorful, right? Addicting. And so you're, you're taking out things also that are nutrient dense and putting in things that are like space savers. Mm-hmm. So now the food becomes 
less filling, more palatable. So you get a hyper palatable food with less nutritional density. So you're eating more of it and you're getting less satiation, which puts more you basically in an energy it. surplus. Um, and then you're, you're also more hungry because you never got the satiating part of that food, mm -hmm. right? And so then you're constantly eating. You also have less or yeah, it, it's just, it's a vicious circle. Yeah. So a really good example of this um, would be maybe using the macaroni and cheese. You know, you make one thing, a ma one box thing of macaroni and cheese, um, and you make that, and it's say, I don't know, give me a throw, say a thousand calories. Two thirds of a cup. No, like I'm saying, like a whole box of macaroni oh, and cheese, yeah. and I could eat a whole box of macaroni and cheese in like a hot second. Yeah. So could you? You'd be like, I'm still starving. I'm yeah. hungry. And so what I'm getting at is that that say that's a thousand calories, but if you were to eat a thousand calories worth of broccoli and rice and chicken, like you're going to be like force feeding yourself almost at the end. At least I would be closer to doing that. Right. Um, you know, whereas you'd be asking for the second box or third box for the macaroni and cheese, but yet you'd be up on 2000 to 3000 calories on your third box, you know, for example, if you know just to hit it home yeah i mean and again what's the box doing it's telling you how nutritious it is yeah so it uh, them by themselves aren't necessarily bad right mm -hmm. carbs are part of um train well i mean part the other part of this is your body like both carbs and fats are fuel they also you use them differently depending on the type of exercise or activities you're doing. Um, your body can kind of create these things independently, um, right? That's part of the, like, just how, how our bodies work to build um, ways of doing things, whether it's fast or slow or any of that stuff and what burns when and all that's part of it. But in general, if you're in excess of... <laughs> We're going there again. Yeah. If you're in excess, you're going to gain excess, right? Okay. So. I'm cutting them off. Okay, so the myth number three, low-calorie, low-fat, low-carb things, items, diets are completely healthy. Yeah. I mean, it might be fine um, having some of that in your, yeah. in I mean, your diet, but just on a whole. Yeah, as a whole. It whole foods, it right? better off um the last thing that you know just touching on real quick would be i don't know if it's quite a myth but that you know supplements are like the way to go or the or it could that myth could go either way yeah there's a myth that's a two-way myth right what, there. what do you got myth that you know just all, you need supplements and then the myth is the other side of the myth is supplements are the devil right i think they have their place I mean, the uh, two... The what two... kind of supplements are you talking about? Like whey protein? Yeah, that's a supplement. Well, I didn't know if you're talking about like vitamin D. That'd be like a vitamin. Oh. I mean, I get, right? Or like my Fit Aids. It's not a supplement. It's just a drink. <laughs> um, so the kind of the two that we fall on that you could feel like we could basically promote safely as far as the supplements go and that do... I mean, they have more data research behind them than basically anything else would be creatine and whey protein. 
Um, Beta alanine. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever done it? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, I, well, I don't personally like it, but I do know that there's. <laughs> so you gotta put it in the in the category of. I there's good scientific research on it. Like what? So Matt so, Frazier on Joe Rogan. Yep, that's one. <laughs> um, so beta alanine is something you can take. I didn't personally like taking it because it made my ears hot and maybe itchy a little bit burning yeah it makes you tingly tingly it, i had tingly ears however there is good research that the benefit for beta alanine i, I mean google this because i'm not going to probably get it 100 right um or i should be like g rogan uh rogan and start googling right now but um <laughs> anyways uh that it will help with high intensity output so like that's like but it's super high intense. So I, I can think of like a gym example, like doing Fran, which um, is a classic CrossFit workout of 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull-ups. And so I think of that as like where you're in like, you're in the dark hole 100%. The workouts like, you know, I think crazy people like three minutes, me six minutes, you know, up to, you know, maybe nine minutes, but anyways, people at the elite level like can see benefit to supplementing with beta alanine for something like that high of an output for a short period of time. Where's my Google machine? <laughs> Anyways, that's where um, beta alanine could potentially come into handy. Creatine, I don't I know there's good research for that and it's just basically uh more or less creatine over time can potentially help you gain strength and work capacity um, by helping build or bolster your ATP stores. Um, so, but it's not, it's not a quick fix. You know, it's something I might add like 5% over time. So, um, Again, anything in my estimation that actually provides true benefit is illegal. Um, basically, anything else that's over the counter, the two that move the needle the most are supplementing with whey protein. And the reason for that is making sure that you have adequate levels of protein in your body to um, assist in maintaining and building lean muscle mass. So that's why protein's good, helps aids in recovery, blah, blah, blah. You can train harder, all those things. And creatine is kind of in the, along the same lines of the protein. Um, could potentially up your availability of ATP a little bit over time by using that consistently. And again, those have a lot of research over many, 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 many years. Um, whereas even the beta alanine thing, I did use it for a little while consistently oh, a couple years can ago. Can I talk about beta alanine again? Um, I hated the tingling of it, the niacin part. So. That was just my own personal thing, but it is becoming, seems to be becoming a little bit more popular now. Okay, I, I took the second to Google it. Um, I'm reading um, a study and um, basically beta alanine supplementation, um, <laughs> they call the tingling Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that. Paresthesia. Um, so exactly what I was saying. Not bad. 
Daily supplementation with four to six grams of beta alanine for at least two to four weeks has been shown to improve exercise performance, more with pronounced effects in open endpoint tasks slash time trials lasting one to four minutes in duration. Good job, Dane. Nice work. I Wait, I'm not done. Um, the more research is needed to determine the, to determine the effects of beta alanine on strength, endurance, performance beyond 25 minutes in duration. So I was I was right according to this. So uh, good job, me. Yep. I think the other important part, though, to mention on this is that um, if you're not already in the elite athlete category, you're going to get way more out of just doing exercise than any supplementation with beta oh, alanine. Yeah, 100%. So, like this would be, hey, I've been training consistently for years. And crushing I got my nutrition dialed away I got water intake dialed um, this is I'm, the hierarchy of needs yeah like this beta alanine if you're not already in the five you know in the 95 percentile of sleep nutrition and hydration beta alanine is not gonna do anything mm-hmm. or it's not gonna have any noticeable effect and it's a waste of money Placebo effect, man. If you yeah, take that, maybe. you can believe it. I thought about working out. Is that a placebo effect? Yeah. Or I tell myself I worked out this morning. <laughs> um, anything else? Supplements? I, I, I'm just not big on supplements because I don't think... Yeah, yes, there are some that matter. Um, making sure your salts are good, you know, your got your sodium levels, whatever up. and Yeah, all that's important. Um, we did, do, like the element salts... Um, well, I'm off them now. Well, I'm consult with your physician and all that stuff. But like, that might be worthwhile <laughs> if you're a big, physician. yeah, if you're a big sweater, yes. that could definitely be worthwhile. Um, but outside of yeah, whey, mm-hmm. creatine, and maybe some type of sodium supplement or magnesium or potassium, like element salt kind of mm-hmm. thing. I think the rest is up. You're better off spending your time getting your sleep organized, getting your nutrition right, and water intake yeah and then train or exercise or do whatever you do go ride your dirt bike yeah yeah okay we said this was going to be a 15 minute conversation we're close (laughs) all right i think that's it no other pertinent information um okay well thanks for listening us rattle off um rattle off about our three favorite nutrition myths that we kind of debunked um, if you have any other podcast topics that you would like us to cover, um, find us on Instagram uh, at Enduro Method or send us a message through the interwebs. Uh, we have been getting a bunch of questions about energy systems. Oh, yeah. Uh, that will be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, so And, and subscribe to that, our weekly feel because I'm sure you'll be writing about that at some point. Yep. Or another. It's Josh is queue. obviously riding for the weekly feel. Yours truly is not. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate the support. And if you are interested in doing Enduro Method and not currently doing it, um, check out enduromethod.com. We um, offer subscription based online training. Um, Wow, I can't even explain what to do. <laughs> we offer uh, subscription-based 
online strength and strength and conditioning programs. Uh, we also have a one-on-one uh, remote training option as well. Assuming that you don't live in Teton Valley, if you do, you can come find us. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be sure to catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>